Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Beth McAvoy. Beth, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I understand you had the somewhat unique experience of starting a new job in the midst of a pandemic. What's that been like? And after having a baby. And so. after having a baby. And actually, you started two jobs during the pandemic. Two jobs during a pandemic, yeah. Yes. So you may that may be the most unique of all of our guests in terms of doing it twice and having a baby in the mix. How have you navigated all of that? Um, with a whole lot of questions and patience. Okay. And uh, a lot of learning how to set up my like workspace mm-hmm. and and what's best and what do I need. So Okay, are you blessed with a dedicated workspace in your home office or is it wherever you can find it? I have a desk mm-hmm. in our basement which yep. is the toy room. Okay. So there's like a actual children's roller coaster behind <laughs> me. Um that sometimes if my Son is home. People get to see that happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but I also find myself just kind of working at my kitchen island a lot yeah. too. Yeah. Um, especially this like winter since it's been you know cold. You need some and, light. And, yeah. Yeah. So the so the roller coaster next to the desk was that intentional? It's <laughs> like it's a compromise. I have to keep an eye on the kids. They'll be entertained. I'll be able to get some work done. Or was it like? Why did I put the desk next to the roller coaster? It was the only space. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> I have well, the, this one corner of the basement. That's uh, about it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for allowing me to say a sentence I've never said before <laughs> in my life. Why did you put the desk next to the roller coaster? Right. Okay. Well, we will get to more of that, but I want to start at the beginning, whatever that is for you, and talk a little bit about your career path because it sounds like you've spent most of your career in Fort Wayne, and this is where you grew up. But tell me, when did you start thinking about careers? Like what was first on your mind as a career path? Did you follow that? Did you divert from that? And why did you go in that direction? When I first started thinking about a career, it was always kind of in business and and marketing. Um, And it was unique for my family situation. Both my parents have kind of been in social service roles. And so they were like, business? What? You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. You just want to help people. Um, But then I ended up doing a little bit of that as well in Mm -hmm. my career path. But I um, just, I became interested in like the advertising Mm -hmm. angle of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I went to when I went to school for business and marketing. Like advertising was really Mm -hmm. what I wanted to focus on. It took about 10 plus years before I got there in, in jobs, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but I kind of, that was always what I was interested in. So I went to IU mm-hmm. in Bloomington yep. and was in the business school there okay. in marketing. So what was interesting to you about the advertising world? Anything just, you can put your finger on? The the ideas of like how, how do people think of the ideas, mm-hmm. which is funny because I'm not necessarily – like the creative person yeah. when it comes to what I've done with marketing. Yeah. But that process is always interesting to me. And as I've gone through the marketing career, like the um, kind of the approach to communicating with people and like all of the components that will go into it, I just always think like, why did they think of that? Or how did they think of that? And then also thinking about the opportunity to 
speak to different audiences, represent mm-hmm. different audiences, yeah, has really been something that I've gravitated towards. So, what did you do immediately after college? What was your what were your first couple jobs? My very first job was a bank teller. Aha. Uh-huh. And that was at Old Tower Bank, at correct? Tower Bank. Okay, so how did you yes. get from, I'm going to study advertising, to I'm going to be a bank teller? I didn't get a job. Aha, that'll do it every time. <laughs> yes. So um, I didn't, in college, I worked just like whatever jobs I could get to pay yeah. me and um, discover that all like advertising, marketing, internships were usually like non-paid. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't ever do those. Yeah. And then... Um, I graduated school in 2003, which was like a different economic crisis of Enron, all that kind of stuff. And um, when I was interviewing for jobs, they were going to people who had been like laid off Mm -hmm. and things like that. So Mm -hmm. they had a lot more experience, still in entry-level positions. So I needed money, and so I started out as a bank teller. Okay. And you did that for about a year, if my memory serves Mm -hmm. me well, from what I read on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So where do you go from there? Then I got into a marketing role. Yep. And um, I worked at Lincoln Printing. Mm -hmm. And they had a leadership development program for, like, people out of college. Yeah. Kids out of college. And um, it was really awesome because it was, like, they were going to train me to do, you know, sales, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a really cool role where you got to— Train in every single department of the entire company. Oh, wow. And I worked hands-on. I even had to join the union really? to huh. work in the print shop for oh, a wow. while. Okay. And um, How big of a company was that? There's like 40-some employees. That's pretty unique for a company that size. Yeah. Huh. We were a part of a larger national um, corporation, though. Okay. So okay. that training company was nationwide. Got it. And it was really cool then because then you got to go to conferences with yep. like hundreds of other kids in their early 20s. Sure. And it was a ton of fun. Um, so I actually worked, because we were short-staffed, I kind of worked in the bindery longer hmm. and um, you know, learned how to make 12-month desk calendars. And, <laughs> um, then I eventually, you know, I estimated jobs. Yeah. Like I did everything. And then I eventually went into sales Mm-hmm. And then sales support for the top rep. Okay. And I swore I would never sell a 12-month desk calendar. <laughs> Make somebody do that. <laughs> so what was that experience like being in sales? Was it <clears throat> one something that you were happy to do but happy to get out of it? or Never had any intention of being in yeah. sales in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but I did get to kind of work with the creative marketing folks. And so that was really cool. Um, you know, all of the things that needed produced and printed that all of the creative marketing people, whether it's a marketing department or a company um, or marketing agency, you know, had to work with them on all of that. So that was really neat to see how that process kind of worked. And then this was like the end piece. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my first job where, like, at the end of the day, you could say that this is what I did all day long. Yeah. Or, like, this is what we made, and mm-hmm. I really loved that aspect of it. Of, okay. Um, not just, like, I worked on a computer all day yeah. long, but, like, there was something to show for it. So you did that for how many years? Almost. It was a little over six, I think. It was a long time. Okay. And where do you go from there? So I really didn't want to be a salesperson. Yeah. And um, interviewed all kinds of places to get out of that and— I got to hear a lot of, well, you're, but you're the print girl. Like, mm-hmm. you do printing. 
And so I thought I just needed kind of a, a clean break. Yeah. And I um, went to Northwestern Mutual. Mm-hmm. Totally clean break. Yeah. So financial advisor. <laughs> yes. Okay. Financial advisors. All right. And I worked at the front desk for mm-hmm. a while and then eventually um, got moved up to kind of a support role mm-hmm. for their salespeople. Okay. And that's when I actually took your social media class. Aha, okay. I was helping the reps develop their own social media profiles. Got it. And so that was cool because it was, you know, got into using my marketing skills a little bit, got to learn about life insurance and all that good stuff on the side. that would have been approximately when? Gosh, that was probably 2011-ish. Okay. So that's that's relatively long ago in social media years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The that class was, has changed a little bit since then. Yeah. That was when I, I'll never forget the lady didn't know how to say Pinterest. <laughs> you know, like it was brand new. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. So so you do that. What do you like about it? What's challenging about it? And where do you go from there? It was totally new, and it was just it was a break, mm-hmm. and um, I that was kind of the best thing for me at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I um, joined a committee for um, a, an organ for Scan mm-hmm. at Scan. It was a, a different committee for them. And then um, we were planning a fundraising event. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of got into more event planning. And I had done that with young leaders of Northeast Indiana mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I had done kind of always the marketing stuff on the side from a creative aspect. Um, event planning, marketing through my volunteer roles. And then that um, SCAN committee landed me a job with mm-hmm. SCAN. Yeah. That was uh, their fundraising event planner. Yep. So got to do that for a whole year. And um, you do everything from plan out all of the logistics of the event to mm-hmm. all of the marketing of the event. Yeah, And so that was really a cool, crazy, wild busy year of yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, I had applied for a job at Catalyst mm-hmm. and ended up getting that at um, after a little bit over a year of being at SCAN. And I liked what I was doing at SCAN, but also was like, this is my opportunity to really You'd already in. always planned on working yeah. in advertising. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All so, right. that was really cool because then when I – Moved into that role, it just seemed like so many things. Everything just like didn't make sense, but it still built. Yeah, you know, it was, it was all building. cumulative. Even if if it right. wasn't a straight line, it was a set of stairs that yeah. got you where you're going. Yeah. So, how long are you at Catalyst then? I I was only at Catalyst for like ten months. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, that was insane. And my printing experience was really integral to all of yeah. that role. Um, and at that point, um, I was the co-chair of a big event for a while, and I, and um, a couple months after that event, Matt Kelly attended, and mm-hmm. he, you know, introduced himself to me afterwards, and he was like, "Hey, I've got a job. I think you could be interested." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I really, I just love, you know, like yeah. I've only been here a little bit, and." It was funny. I said I didn't want to be the person that, like, switches jobs all the time. And he was like, well, if you come work with me for a long time, no one will remember that you switched jobs. <laughs> There's some truth in that, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that led me to, um, you know, that that role. And that was really, like, 
a really good fit of project management, you know, and working with creative people. And um, it was it was incredible. And you were there for six years? Yeah. Okay. So why did you decide to do something else? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you never know why. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, the, this opportunity to work with NeighborLink. So I've always struggled with, you know, the marketing I love and the nonprofit your parents' influence. Exactly. Runs that, deep. That yeah. Defi- okay. Definitely always came back to me. Yeah. And um, we had, you know, worked with NeighborLink a little bit mm-hmm. at One Lucky Guitar. And I, um, you know, got to know them as an organization. And they had a role that kind of developed once they heard that I was potentially interested mm-hmm. in it. That would kind of combine a lot of my um operations experience and really the community development work, which I had totally come to love through everything we did at OLG. Mm-hmm. Like I got to work on the Riverfront projects, yep. um, just a lot of the the cool, fun things that were in the development works of, of Fort Wayne. And that was where I thought I was going to go with NeighborLink. And, yeah. And that started in April of 2020, as you mentioned. Yes. So. Pandemic is about as serious as it can get, um, and you're starting a new job without being in the same building as your coworkers. <laughs> it was crazy, um, and when I started that, my husband was still working at like or not going to work because mm-hmm. his job had everybody stay at home. Okay. My kid's daycare was closed. So for the wow. first two weeks okay. of this new job where I, like, don't know anybody and I have to figure out how to completely work remotely for the first yeah. time ever, they were both home all day long. Wow. Okay. It was it was just crazy. Yeah. I remember Andrew, like, dropped off a computer at my, you know, porch and a monitor and was like, don't come close. Like, let's just <laughs> say yeah. hi. Yeah. Here's. Jeez figure it out. Yeah. And also it was a um, you know, operations role that didn't exist before. So mm-hmm. I was not only not near anybody, I was making the job up as wow. I was going and trying okay. to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, and and Andrew actually left NeighborLink. When did that happen? Was that later in 20 It was later in 2020. So he announced it in January of 2021. Okay. All right. Okay. And so with his um with kind of the leadership change, some of the long-term plans of um what my role was going to be wasn't really sure yeah. that was going to happen sure. and um the organization, you know, is kind of doing just a little bit different of the direction that they're going from some of the extra stuff that we were potentially going to get into, the regular mission hasn't changed. Got it. But so that kind of led me open to um you know, am I going to stay here mm-hmm. forever or should yeah. I start looking for something different? Sure. And the um, my friends at OLG sent me the job for I&M. Mm-hmm. I&M was actually my client ah. at One Lucky Guitar. Okay. And so um, my friend that was working with them after I left was like, hey, you, you look at this job. Yeah. And that was, I think... She sent me that job description like day eight after having a kid, and I hadn't <laughs> slept, and <Yeah. laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, what?" <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, I realized, "Oh no, the it's closing." Yeah. Like the opportunity. Yeah. 
So I remember kind of filling out my application and hoping that it was coherent. Yeah. Um, but really glad that I knew who my supervisor was because she was my sure. client before. Sure. So I ended up, you know, being able to talk to her and, and be like, this is what's going on with my life right yeah. now. It's, And she said, well, it works out because we're kind of moving slow in the process. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being in the hospital twice after having oh, wow. a baby and oh, calling geez. her from the emergency room like, I can't make our interview. Wow. Oh, jeez. So the whole thing has been just a wild ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. <clears throat> so you you start your second new job during the pandemic at INM. So tell it for for I assume most people are familiar with INM, but for those who may not be, what is INM and what is your role? Yeah. So Indiana Michigan Power, um, part of American Electric Power, is the electric utility for a big portion of. <clears throat> Northeast Indiana, uh, down to Muncie, Marion, South Bend, and a little bit of Southwest Michigan. So people are thinking like, well, you don't get to pick your utility company mm-hmm. for uh, electricity. Why do you market? Yeah. Uh, so I um, am a utilities marketing specialist is okay. my name, my job title. Um, and while we don't need to market you to you to say pick us, mm-hmm. there are a lot of other communication-related messages that we get out to customers. Yep. Um, Some of them are things that are around regulatory messages, Mm -hmm. around, you know, rates and different things that are happening from the um, Utilities Commission that we have to let clients or customers know about. Um, Also, there's just a whole lot of, like, information Mm -hmm. that we can get out to people. But a huge thing uh, that we market is energy saving. Mm -hmm. So different ways to uh, save energy. And then you think, well, like, why would the company want you to spend less on your electric yes. bill? Telling people to consume <laughs> less of the product you sell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number one means we're good stewards of the environment. Yep. And also there is the electric grid and just constantly monitoring it and making sure that we have enough um, issue or enough electrical uh, power to go around to people. Not really an issue for us, but, you know, we hear things about rolling outages in large cities like New York and California. They're definitely telling their customers ways to save energy. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So so AEP is a larger organization. Geographically, where does AEP sit? Where does it live in the world? We have um, power companies from... Uh, Appalachia, Indian Michigan Power, Ohio, Kentucky, Texas, uh, Oklahoma. That we're kind of all in the midsection okay. of the country. All right. And does does that have any impact on your work? Does it give you additional resources? Are you fairly independent at Indiana Michigan Power? We're we're fairly independent. Um, the AEP. Uh, team, you know, they have their own marketing team and we can share resources and we do um, all of the different, we're called opcos, the different operating companies kind of approach marketing differently depending on, um, you know, what their audience's needs are. And um, so we, you know, when it comes to like, what does your website look like? It's pretty standard through all of the different operating companies, but tailored specifically to what our programs are, et cetera. Got it. So aside from starting a job in a pandemic, aside from you're only six months in and you're still learning the job, aside from doing all this while having two young kids, 
What are some of the challenges that you're finding are unique to marketing or communicating around electric utility? Uh, I have kind of taken over our running our social media account. Mm-hmm. So um, that has been just a interesting experiment to see how people interact with their electric company on social media. Yeah, so is is a lot of it, I would assume, and my assumptions could be very incorrect, that most people don't think about all the things that need to happen to keep the lights on, but the minute the lights go off or the bill is too high, that's what you hear from them on social media. Is that at all accurate? We hear a lot of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there, fortunately, is a whole dedicated customer service team that pays attention to social uh-huh. media. Okay. So I, while I will make posts and things like that, I'm not necessarily the one that responds to the Got customer it. service-related Got it. So comments. your content creation, brand, yes. story, all that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really fun. You know, there are lots of stories to tell. I think people forget that at the end of the day, it's still people working. Yes. And, you know, it's, as with any company, it's nice to kind of tell the people stories. Sure, sure. And we do a really great job of that internally yeah. with our corporate communications team. Yeah. And so putting a little bit of a focus on it to take those internal stories and make them external. Okay. So you've got the social media piece. What are some of the other challenges, great things that are just hard or things that are difficult that kind of keep you up at night? What are some of the things you're working on that are taking up most of your time? Well, I when I first started, I was tasked with creating a project management system mm-hmm. for the marketing team and the corporate communications team. Okay. So, um, and we, as a utility company, we have um, very high standards for, you know, the technology we mm-hmm. use. We don't want to get hacked, sure. all that kind sure. of stuff. Our security is very tight. So that puts a limit on which um, project management systems we could use uh-huh. in okay. general, which ones yeah. are you know susceptible to being hacked or not. Did you have prior experience with project management being on the operations side? Was there anything you really liked but couldn't use in this role? At OLG, I did a lot of, yeah, I was a project manager. Yeah. And we... Um, as a team, kind of, we had made the switch from classic Basecamp to Basecamp three, mm-hmm. and at, during that, we had reviewed the different options. Yeah. And yeah, um, I am this weird mix of operations and marketing mm-hmm. and dealing with people. Yeah. and so I, I actually like the operation, like project management yep. part, as it comes to the systems and the details. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a fun mix for me to. Have get to put this together. Sure. And we um, are using Monday.com, mm-hmm. and which is a cool tool, but it is 100% customizable. Okay. So I had to learn what the heck we would use it for sure. while learning how to use it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is specifically for communication and marketing projects. This yes. is unique to your user group. Okay. Yeah. And so this isn't like projects, we need to put up new utility polls. This is just telling the story, interacting with customers. Right. Okay. And keeping track of how many external communication things do we need, internal yep. communication things, you know, setting up um, – you know, for each of our different energy efficiency programs, adding in our, you know, whole calendar for the year of Got it. in April we're doing this, in March we're doing this, and Got it. putting it all in one spot, which okay. didn't 
previously exist. So, so you're still learning Monday.com um, and your team is learning it. That's probably taken up a ton of time, I would assume. Yes. And you just – I am a AP consumer. So smart meters were a big thing recently, a big communication effort. Yes. Uh, my supervisor is the smart meter expert. And uh-huh. so she's still kind of managing all of that. Okay. Um, but yet there are so many communication pieces that go out mm-hmm. around individuals getting a smart meter. Yeah. And over the past year – we have hit so many roadblocks with supply chain issues ah, yeah. for the pieces okay. to make smart meters. Mm-hmm. So last in last month in January, we had a schedule of how many smart meters we needed to install or plan to install. There were six left over. Wow. Because wow. there aren't a whole lot wow. extras at yeah. this point. So that um, communication is definitely changing rapidly. Yeah, and um, yeah, so we're we're constantly updating people as to you know it's a it's the learning curve too of mm-hmm. what is this thing what's it, what are you going to do is yeah. it why do I need it um, and so there's a lot of education around yeah. and that. probably the occasionally you're spying on my home yes in more than occasional yeah. Yeah. yeah well I'm sorry to hear that it's more than occasional <laughs> I was hoping on your behalf that it would be outliers yeah. but. No, yeah, it, it's definitely, <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely interesting when when you have that. I actually um, was looking at a thread on Nextdoor, and someone started saying, you know, my bill has done nothing but gone up ever since I got a smart meter, and you are charging more. And it was the first time, really, that I saw regular uh, – other customers that were like, no, it doesn't. Mine has gone down. Like, yeah. you know, So the crowd policed itself a little bit. So much. Yeah. And even one person chimed in that said, the rates are set by the Indiana Regulatory Commission. Like, the INM doesn't change your rate. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and that, so, that next door user's name was Meth McAvoy. I know. I was like, I need to go see if this guy works for us. Because yeah. I feel like he knows, knows too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 at least a little bit of relief. So you have the project management software onboarding. You have smart meters. What are some other things that are taking up your time and your mental space and all those good things? I don't have – I don't do anything with the corporate communication side as far as, you know, reaching um, the media and things like that. But I'm really, like, into learning about all of it. Um, And because it's different, you know, they have to, you know, pitch stories, see what people are interested. And and I think it's really – it's just interesting to see what gets picked up. You know, yeah. we put out a news release, and sure. what does that look like? And and you know, it's the it's a slow news day. They're running the yeah. the energy efficiency tips again, and yeah, um, or they want somebody to you know come talk to them about this, that, and the other, and and how that plays out throughout the different territories is interesting too. Yeah, yeah you're you're right. A lot of it is timing, and in this market. There's there's a good contingent of folks who have been consistently in the market, but there's a lot of turnover. Right. And once you build a relationship, that could disappear, and then you get to start over and and build it again from the ground up. So um, let's pivot to the speed round of the show, where I ask three questions that are similar to what we've talked about, but a little bit different, maybe a little more concise. So in terms of career advice, you've had the opportunity to do a lot of things. You started doing something that was completely unrelated to what you studied. Um, but learned some things there, learned along the way, and then eventually did uh, work that's more closely aligned with your original goals. What have you learned in all that? If you were going to give someone career advice, what would be your best 
nugget of, of information you would have to share? I would say to keep persistent. So I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew that I was going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. I, and I many times tried to convince somebody. <laughs> yeah. It took a little while, sure. and I finally got there. And I think it, it got to the point where I was like, I'm glad I didn't just you know give up and go down a different career path. Yeah. I, um, you know, I in the moment, if looking back, I would have told myself like, "Shut up, no one cares." You know, like this mm-hmm. still sucks. You're not doing what you want to <laughs> yeah. do. But and so be persistent. And how much everything really did come into play yeah. later on. Yeah. You know, I worked at Northwestern Mutual, and then later on got to and. Uh, in the marketing advertising role, have a client that was financial services. Yep. And it was like, well, hey, I actually know about this. Yeah, and sure. no one else on the team did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, you just never know what you learn, how it's going to come back into play later on. Yeah, and it reminds me, there's a question I get asked a lot by the college students I work with. They say, how do you get experience when every job requires experience? Right. And some of it is just be patient, be persistent, and build relationships. And that's there is no there is no other way, really. And for me, that was everything. Mm-hmm. You know, building the relationships through all of the extracurricular volunteer activities yeah. that I did. Yeah. Um, joining Young Leaders in Northeast Indiana for me was like the best thing yep. of getting out, meeting people that yep. I didn't know previously. You know, getting experience for something that if you're going to volunteer for it and Someone's going to let you do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for you sure. can put that on your resume. Yeah, and especially in a market this size because everybody kind of knows everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, second question. Tell us something about your organization that you want people to know. That could be stating the obvious and making sure that people hear it. It could be debunking a myth. It could be a secret that not many people know about whatever it is you want to say about INM or another organization you're attached to. I think for INM, it's just a lot of the programs that we offer that you can participate mm-hmm. in that could potentially bring savings to your electric bill. What's one that you think is underappreciated? So it a lot of them come with the smart meter, so yep. you have to have that. But you can opt in to uh, some energy-saving events if they have – Say it's a super hot day. Mm-hmm. Um, we will offer you a discount if you sign up for this program to have your thermostat not turn be turned down to like sixty five. Okay. Um, and there are two different versions of that program. Uh, one you can have more control over. One you don't have control over. But you know, obviously, yeah. you get rewarded based on. How wow. that works. Well, that's sixty five is pretty reasonable. Well, well, uh, yeah. well, that's an example. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and and they do them. You know, they're um they you know they don't do them on the weekends and those kinds sure. of things. So those programs exist. We also have programs for um, rebates on electric vehicle charging units. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's just so much out there. Yeah. Um And. A lot of that has to do with the Regulatory Utilities Commission, though. Yeah. So our programs for Indiana are different from Michigan. Sure, sure. So that's very interesting to learn all about sure. that. Sure, and I would assume that info is readily available on the website? Yes. Okay, all right. Yes, we have, um, we have a separate website, actually, for all of our energy efficiency stuff as well called electricideas.com. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So everybody who's listening, go to electricideas.com and learn ways that you can help Beth do her marketing job 
by spending less money with their company. There you go. All right. Okay, last question. What is a tool, trick, tip, hack, whatever you want to call it, that you use in your work or otherwise that is super important to you and that you want people to know about? I'd say a couple things. Uh, first, handwriting. Uh-huh. Notes. Okay. So why is that important? Because <laughs> no one does it. Yeah. I think, you know, handwriting a thank you note is something. Oh, a thank you note. Okay. Right. All exactly. Right. Yes. Um, to people. And I think that just can go a really long way. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people who print out emails that say thanks and right. hang them on their <laughs> note boards, but you tend to see a lot of handwritten notes on note boards. It happened to me once. I actually sent somebody a gift that they loved so much that they printed the GIF, even though obviously— Doesn't it take the giffiness out of the GIF? It takes the giffiness you, away you out of it. it. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's kind of one thing that I am still a big fan of. Yeah. Um, but then for me, the other things are different project management tools and because uh, I just love, like, figuring out where something is in the process and, okay— Someone asks a question, what are you doing? And you can say, yeah. did you check the project management tool? Yeah. Um, and that's really helped, like, our department, department plan yeah. for things. Yeah. Well, it saves so. a lot of email, too. Yes. Or meetings where yeah. you talk about what are you doing this week when you can look at what somebody is doing this yeah. week. And then you can have a meeting to talk about questions. Correct. Correct. You can debate ideas right. instead of catching everyone up on the stuff yeah. that's otherwise readily available. Yeah. Okay. And and you have experience with multiple of them. You landed on Monday because it's customizable. Is that true? Monday was the least, I think, hackable. Ah, got it. Got it. Well, there's something to be said for that. So the most secure. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, great advice all the way around. So thanks for that, Beth. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest. And we hope you'll join us then.